You, I think if you've paid attention to the song service this morning and uh, you hear that, the love of God from that song, you kind of guess what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking about the love of God. I want you to turn to John 3.16. probably don't even have to turn there. You know, you probably can quote it this morning. In fact, I hope you can. Uh, it's a blessing. Uh, it talks about the love of God. Uh, John 3.16. We're all familiar with it, I think. Even, even a lot of folks in the world have heard of John 3.16, even though many may not understand what it means. But for us who are saved, it's precious. It is precious. We see it in John 3.16, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There are many things that we could say about God this morning. We could talk about how vast God is. The Bible reveals to us that He is omnipresent. His, His universe is big. Amen. In fact, they don't know how big it is. They, you know, when they think they've seen the end of the universe, they keep looking a little further as they get more powerful telescopes and they realize that they just seen the edge. There's even more beyond that. His universe is big, so big that we don't even know how big it is, but He is bigger than the universe that He created. We could talk about how smart God is. The Bible reveals to us that He is omniscient. All of His creation, think about it, from the tiniest subparticle of an atom to the largest object of His creation shows His wisdom and knowledge. It's just, just amazing. When you, when you study God's creation and you, you realize that God just spoke it all into existence. What a wonderful God we serve. We know that uh, Job says in jo- uh, the book of Job says in Job 5, 9 and also in Job 9, 10 that he does great, doeth great things past finding out. Yea, wonders without number. Twice it says that. And when, when God says something twice in the Word of God, it's for emphasis, isn't it? Romans 11, verse 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments. His ways past finding out. His ways past finding out. And Ecclesiastes 3.11 also says that no man can find out the work that God made from the beginning to the end. Just think about that. Our, our God is omniscient. We could talk about how powerful God is. The Bible reveals that He is omnipotent. He's Almighty God. And just think of the power that He unleashed to bring forth His creation. You know? He just spoke it into existence, and boom, there it was. Um, we could talk about many other things about God, but we could never be able to exhaust the subject of Him. In fact, we could only begin to scratch the surface of His person. With Valentine's Day just a couple of days away here, and with many folks thinking and focused about love this week, about it appropriate that we look at just one single solitary attribute of God, and that being of God's love. God's love. Now understand that even in focusing on this one attribute, <laughs> there's no way we can exhaust the great subject. We just can't. We're just scratching the surface here, but in, in the time that we have this morning, let's begin to look at the great things about 
what God's love is. That's the name of the, the uh, uh, message this morning, what God's love is. And I want us to see uh, some things, and we'll, as we go through here, we're not going to turn to a lot of Scripture. I will have you turn to, to one place, but I will be quoting most of the Scripture. First of all, I want us to see that God's love is underlying. It's underlying. What do you mean by underlying? I mean, God's love underlies His nature and all that He is. In other words, it is a very important part of who He is. You can't separate God's love from God Himself. God, His love is very important. God so loved. 1 John 4, 8 says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. 1 John 4, 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. Again, it says in two places there that God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. God is love. Think, therefore he loves. Uh, he, he acts in love. He demonstrates or manifests his love in his dealings with mankind. He also shows his love. Amen. Christ on the cross of Calvary was the greatest expression of that love. You can't get any greater expression than Christ giving His life on the cross of Calvary so that we that are sinners, and that's each one of us, might be saved. That's the greatest expression of love by an individual ever. You know. Christ on the cross of Calvary the greatest expression of love. God's love is not only underlying, but God's love is unadulterated. In other words, I'm talking about it's unpolluted, it's pure. And this is the one place I want you to turn to. If you'll look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, 1 Corinthians 13, we know it is the love chapter. The, the word they use for love is charity, and that charity is the agape love. It is a... It is a, uh, a a love, this God's love, okay? It's a love that gives. It's a love that uh, seeks the highest good for another. And uh, we, we see it defined here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And uh, let's begin re- uh, reading verse number 4. We talk about God's love is pure, it's unpolluted, it's unadulterated. It says charity, that's that word for love. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Aren't you glad that that our Lord is long-suffering to us? God's long-suffering to us. You know, we don't suffer other people too well long, do we? But but God suffers long with us. And because He's long-suffering, we ought to be long-suffering too. And He is kind. That's the second thing there. Man, could we use more kindness in the world? Amen? Even among God's people, sometimes we can be unkind one to another. We need to watch our kindness because uh, our Lord was kind to us and we need to, to mirror His kindness. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. It's, uh, it's, it's not, not boastful. When it says it's not puffed up, it's not proud or haughty in any way. It says, doth not behave itself unseemly, there in verse 5. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. 
Um, think about the way that God's love behaved toward us. Did we deserve what He gave to us? Not None whatsoever. But nevertheless, He did what was best for us. He didn't seek out for His own. If He was seeking out for His own, He'd have never come to earth. He'd just let us all die in our sin. But He came specifically with us on His mind. Think about that. And we see also that uh, God's love is unprecedented. God's love is unprecedented. God was the very first one to truly love. God's love for us began before the world began. His love was expressed or manifested in redemption's plan. And that plan was instituted before uh, creation even. Listen to Ephesians 1 verse 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blamed with, uh, before Him in love. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Those of us that would believe on His Son, Jesus Christ. There's never been anyone nor nor will there ever be anyone who can or will love us like God loves us. I'm uh, thankful for the love of many folks, but not thankful as much as I'm thankful for the Lord's love toward me. God's love is not like our love or the love of others in this world. God didn't decide that He was going to love us because we loved Him. In fact, 1 John 4 verse 19 says we love Him because He first loved us. The only way that we can love God is because He loved us first. God's love is unprecedented. God's love is unbiased. For God so loved the world. Think about that. He loved the world. Now, understand that doesn't mean that He loved the world system. It's wicked and it's in opposition to God. He didn't love the world's sin. In fact, He came to die for our sin, to give Himself for our sin. But He does love all of mankind. I don't know about you, but I was raised in church. I'm thankful for that. I had parents that loved the Lord. I'm blessed in that. I know not everybody has that. But as a child, I was taught the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children. You know the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. So God's love applies not only to children, though, but to all age groups. No matter how old you are here this morning, God loves you. He loves you where you're at. may not love what you're involved in, but He loves you where you're at. God's love applies not only to one race, but to all races. Well, let's get real. There's really only one race. The human race. Adam's race. Amen. And that's, he, he, loves, he loves everyone. God's love applies not only to the middle class, but to the rich and to the poor. Thank God. God's love applies not only to the powerful, but it, it applies to the weak. 
God's love applies not only to those who are popular, but even to those who are despised by others. What I'm saying is God's love is universal. (laughs) It's unbiased. A fifth thing I want us to see is that God's love is unrivaled and, and therefore it is unsurpassed. Thank God we can know love from any number of people in our life. I mentioned my parents. Uh, I was thankful to have the love of my parents. Um, I, well, I'm thankful now. Okay, I may not have been real thankful then because my parents showed love in my life. One of the ways they showed is by, they disciplined me. It's a, oh, that's terrible. No. Even God disciplines His children. Okay? And it says He disciplines His children because He loves us. <laughs> I'm thankful for His discipline also to bring us back into the way. But I have the love of parents who love me enough to not let me go up and be what I wanted to, to, to be, which I wanted to be wicked, you know, coming up. I mean, they said, no, 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 no. We're going to keep you in the way. The love of friends, I mean, I've had many good friends over the years, still have many great friends. Thank God for all my friends. Every now and then, uh, some old friends, uh, they pop up on the scene, and I get to see them again, and, and we get to talk about uh, the times of past. Uh, God has just blessed me so much with great friends. I thank God for the love of a spouse. Couldn't thank God anymore for my, my wife, Susan. Uh, we've been together almost 44 years. It'll be 44 years on this coming June 14th. And uh, we've been blessed to be with one another. And uh, we can answer one another's questions. Uh, you know, we'll uh, finish one another's sentences. Uh, we know one another that well. Thank God for the love of spouse. Thank God for the love of our children. We were blessed with two children, one boy and one girl. Thank God for them. Thank God for the love of our grandchildren. Amen. Don't want to leave them out. They are such a blessing. And we were blessed to add one grandchild this past year. And, uh, and she was a little blessing we saw last night along with the, uh, her brother. Amen. We, we got to speak to him last night. Again, I say no one has ever loved us or ever will love us the way that God loves us. No one else's love can ever be at the same level of God's love. Though we may be loved by many folks and though we may uh, love having that love, no one loved us as much or ever could love us as much as God. He has an unsurpassed, an unrivaled love. We talk all the time, though, that God's love is also undeserved. You know, salvation is by grace through faith. The very word grace means unmerited favor. None of us deserve God's favor. Romans 5, verse number 6 through 8 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We come to love people for different reasons. Sometimes it's because we spend time around them and develop a a love for them, call that fellowship. And then move from that fellowship, you develop, develop a relationship out of it. I know you could never tell to, to, to look at us to begin with, but when I first saw my, the one who would be my wife, I said, well, that, 
That's, that's one I'll never date. I ate those words. Amen. Because I got to know her. I didn't know her when I first saw her. Uh, but we came to, to love one another. Um, but God, listen, God loved us when we were, were at enmity with Him. We were at enmity. In other words, we were enemies of Him. Listen to Romans 5.10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. When we were enemies, we were reconciled. That's love. (laughs) When the relationship with man had been broken because of sin, God made a way for that relationship to be restored. I mean, right there in the garden, He looked forward to the coming of the Savior there in Genesis 3.15. He's talking about the seed of the woman and how He was going to take out Satan. Amen? God's love is unselfish. Romans 5.8 says, Christ died for us. He didn't die for any sins of His own. Now, if you look at it from, from a, a human standpoint, uh, they took the only perfect person ever to live and they killed him. But if you look at it from God's standpoint, they couldn't have taken his life if he had not given it up. In fact, they tried many times and it wasn't time for him to give his life up. He laid it down. He came knowing he was going to die. He came knowing the kind of, of a death he was going to die. And yet he came anyway and he went to the cross, even the death of the cross. Philippians chapter uh, 2 says, he, even the death of the cross Christ died for us. 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. He voluntarily laid it down. So that is as unselfish as you get. 1 John 4.9 And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. He suffered death, the death that we deserved so we might have life. <laughs> the life that is His. The life that we get from Him is, the, is Christ's resurrected life. He not only died for our sins, but He was buried three days later. He arose from the grave just like He said He would. And uh, as we saw the last two Sunday evenings, and we're not having a Sunday evening service tonight, but the last two Sunday evenings we've been looking at, at Romans chapter number 6 and, and been seeing how that we are identified in His death his burial, and His resurrection. Yeah, What happened to Him, it, 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 it's applied to our life when we by faith trust Him. We, are, we become in Christ. In Christ is where your death took place. But in Christ is also where your new life comes from. That resurrected life that He gives. God's love is underestimated. I've been in ministry for quite a while and I've had folks ask me, Preacher, do you think God could love me? Obviously, uh, they didn't have very good esteem about themselves. A question like that shows a person who doesn't really understand the greatness of God or His love. I've had uh, other folks just plainly state 
that they did not believe that God could love them. I think I've told the story of the um, young man. I was preaching in the prisons in, um, up in the Nashville area, Nashville, Tennessee. I preached there for nine and a half years. And one particular morning, a young man came into the service and he sat in the very back and as I preached, he cried. And he cried and he cried as I preached the gospel. And afterwards, I talked, got an opportunity to talk to him and he said he, he, what he was distraught about was that he did not believe that God could possibly love him or could possibly save him. He said, Preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the extent. And I said, doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses from all sin. That's what the Bible says. Someone once put it this way. God can save from the guttermost to the uttermost. Amen. I don't know who said I tried to look it up and see who, who actually said that, but I've heard it many times over the years. Psalm 2, verse number 8, speaking of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, talking about the Messiah that we'd be coming. And the, the, the Father says, Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And that's why we're sent. Those of us that know Christ, we're sent to the uttermost parts of the earth with the, with the gospel. It's why we support missionaries. It's why that we are to go with the gospel. Acts 1 verse number 8, not only uh, when we receive the power of the Holy Ghost in our life, are we to be witnesses in our Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, but also in the uttermost part of the earth. He's talking about the locality where you're at, the, the surrounding area, and all the way to the uttermost part of the earth. Why? Because the gospel is to the uttermost part of the earth. The gospel is to the uttermost. And when he saves us, he saves us completely. <laughs> Hebrews 7.25, wherefore, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Listen, there's no number of sins that you have sinned that would keep God's love for me is able to reach you. The only thing that would prevent you from God's love this morning is your failure to believe on Him. You're not coming to Him. He came and did what He did out of love for you. But you've got to come to Him. A ninth thing, if you keep in count. God's love is unfeigned, or we could say unhypocritical. Some folks say that they love you. You ever had somebody say that they loved you and then by their actions they proved differently? We all have, at one time or another. Our love for God, you know, is to be shown by our actions. In John 14, 15, he says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. Some folks pretend to love, but in the end their supposed love reveals itself as hypocritical. But listen, God's love is not hypocritical. When I tell you that, that God loves you, you can be assured because He said He loves you. God loves you. His love is genuine. His love is the real deal. Amen? The real deal. And He'll never stop with that love to you. God's love is unquestionable. There should never be any question as to whether God loves us or not. 
God who cannot lie has left His infallible Word declaring that He loves us. And, and God proved His love with the, with the blood of His only begotten Son there on the cross of Calvary. But listen, understand we should not ever doubt the love of God. If you ever begin to doubt God's love for you, all you need to do is go to Calvary. Run to Calvary and look on the cross and you will understand His great love. Don't be like Israel. In Malachi chapter 1, verse number 2, and uh, the, the, the Lord was telling His people, I have loved you. And they said, Wherein hast thou loved us? <laughs> well, it was obvious. Wherein He loved he, he chose them. Um, don't be like that. Don't be like that. Last thing I want you to understand this morning about God's love, what God's love is. Yes, last point. Number 11, okay. God's love is unending. It's unending. We could say undying, unfailing, and unceasing. A lot of uns there, amen? But all meaning the same thing. His love is eternal. Eternal. It is as eternal as God. It is everlasting. No one will ever be able to stand before God and declare that they were not loved by Him. Well, God, you didn't love me. Oh, yeah, I did. There's Calvary right there. I loved you. Listen, the love of God will do a sinner no good unless he knows about it. I'm going to go back to the Gospel. Romans 10, verse 13 through 15 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know that and we believe that, don't we? But he says in verse 14, How then shall they call on Him and they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? We who have experienced God's love must show others God's love and tell others of God's love. We can only do that because we are partakers of His divine nature. We, we partook of His love. And if you've partaken of His love, you ought to have His love manifested through your life. The love of God, though, let me reiterate, will do a sinner no good unless he responds to it. Some people are going to die with the love of God right there for them, but they would not reach out and take it. They denied the love of God. And because they denied the love of God, it's not because God didn't love them. It's because they denied the love that was there for them to believe on through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they said, no, I'm going to do it my own way. I don't believe you have to believe on Jesus to get to heaven. Well, God says you do. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So let me ask in closing this morning, have you responded to the love of God? If not, what are you waiting for? Amen. What are you waiting for? Today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time. Come to Jesus. Have you come to Jesus' moment this morning? <laughs> Don't put it off. Because you, right now is all you got. None of us are guaranteed the next heartbeat. You know, you may you may be young, and, uh, but you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. This world is full of evil. We know that. Um, you go out to the graveyard, you'll see all kinds of sizes of graves, all the way from infants to people that were they lived over a hundred years old. 
and everything in between. Some people who knew they were going to die, many people who didn't know they were going to die, who, like we just mentioned a while ago, I'm so glad that um, Jeremy Hall's dad knew the Lord. Because he didn't have anything going on in his life to say that he was going to have this problem. He just dropped dead. Boom. If that would happen to you this morning, would you be ready? Yeah. I hope so. If not, why don't you come receive Jesus today? Amen. Let Him change your life. Let Him manifest His love in your life as you receive Him. And as you receive the fullness of His love through Jesus Christ, share that love with others. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You today for 